I'm here with Nick Hamilton. Uh, Nick, thanks for taking a little time to chat with me. I, I want to just explore kind of how you ended up at Cal and, and some of your background, and then we'll get into your career a little bit too. So talk us through your high school uh, athletic career and also your academic career, which puts you in a place to be at Cal. Well, started in high school, I remember I was actually on a fresh, freshman sophomore team to start my freshman year there. And I remember we scrimmaged against JV, and my freshman coach had to sit me out because he knew that if I kept playing, that JV was going to take me right then. So probably right after that game, it was right around Thanksgiving. It was right before Thanksgiving break. So when we got when we had a practice over Thanksgiving break, that's when I got moved up to JV. So my first two years at Westchester, I played JV. Um, I was captain uh, both years, and then my – my junior year, well, actually, the end of my sophomore year, I was uh, I moved up to play in the playoffs uh, with the varsity team, and I scored the first two points. I remember that in the playoff game when I was a sophomore, coming off the bench, so that was pretty fun. And then my last two years, I was captain. Uh, started both years. I was the only junior to start my in my junior year. It was all seniors, and I was the only junior because we did that was the year we did five in five out, so. We had ten man rotation with a, a like, Zam, like Kentucky John yeah, Calipari. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So we did five and five out. So it was I was in the, I was the one junior with the uh, with the seniors, and then it was four juniors and one senior in the second group, and one of those juniors Elijah Stewart over there at SC. So and then a senior came around, and then we were all starters, and then Elijah went to SC. I went to Cal. And a couple of the guys, one of my friends, Cameron Young, he's. Uh, he just finished over there at Quinnipiac University in, in Connecticut. And then some of the other guys just went different places. But that was, as far as, like, uh, athletics, that's kind of how that happened. Two years JV, two years varsity. I enjoyed every moment. We won City my junior year. And then in my senior year, we just, every all our losses were all championship games. We lost every championship game. So that was, that was the only tough thing about senior year because I think we only had five losses that year. We, we made it to every championship and just – couldn't get over the hump. But Westchester historically is a really good yeah, basketball exactly. program. Yeah, exactly. So always, always in there. Like they won city this year. They won city championship this year. So uh, Westchester always in the title running. And then as far as academics, I never received anything less than an A. I think since like maybe fourth grade. And when that was, and that was when we were on a number system. So it was. So in fourth grade, I had I had one three. So that that would be considered a B. So it's out a scale of uh, one to four. So four being the highest, and then three was like a B basically. So in fifth grade, I had got all fours. Middle school, all A's. High school, all A's. I never received anything like that. So basically, just going out. It was just my dad. He kind of told me in high school that I wasn't really doing it for him anymore. He said in middle school it was kind of like for him. I was like getting good grades, you know, to make him happy, whatever the case is. He said. Now you're in high school. You're not doing it for me. You're you're doing it for yourself because you want to go to a good college. You want to set yourself up for a good a good life, basically. So and it, for me, it was just I was getting A's. So I was like, why stop? It, it wasn't it wasn't really it wasn't that that hard for me. I was like, if I could get the A, I might as well get it. So I, I was able to do that throughout college. I mean, throughout high school, and I finished with a four five in high school. Wow. Well, you're obviously a very smart guy, but you know, talking about your father, you know, is that where you think the academic ambition came from and the oh, love yeah. of school and education? Yeah, definitely. He had a little slogan uh, called, every moment is a learning moment. 
So that was like my dad's thing growing up. Like he had, he got like bumper stick, bumper stickers, everything, everything he could possibly make. Everything had every moment's a learning moment on there. So, cause my dad was in the photography business, but uh, that was way before I was even born. So he still does photography stuff now, but he just kind of, he kind of made it known that like he cared about us, like all of my brothers cared about our education. That was really his biggest point. Because, like, as excited as I was to talk about basketball with him, he would be excited, too. Then he would just, literally, within minutes, how's your grades? What class? Like, I remember he called, no, me and him got in an argument because I had a 91% in the class. He said, why do you have an A-? That's what he said. He said, why do you have an A-? Why is it not a 95? Why is it not a 97? Why is it not a 100? And I'm just like, Dad, I'm doing as best as I can. This 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 is the grade I have right now. I can't change it. I can't. I don't know what you want me to do. Yeah. We made we argued for maybe about thirty minutes about it. Being I'm like we're really arguing over the fact that I have ninety one, but like looking back, even in college, looking back, I saw how much he cared and how much education was very important. And then now in college, now it's because they the A minuses matter. Now it's like oh my god, I got a ninety one percent. I got I'm trying to get an A because I don't want it to mess up my GPA. Right. So. Looking back on it, like I, I knew it was all, I knew where it came from. I knew it wasn't him just trying to get on me and everything like that. But I know, like at the moment, because I knew my brothers had, they had worse grades than me. Like they weren't terrible, but like they didn't have all A's. I knew that, so I'm like, Dad, I still have all A's. Like you weren't going through everyone else's report cards and everything like that. He's like, Yeah, I learned from them, so yeah. I got to make sure it's perfect for you. So you're the youngest, right? <laughs> so yeah, I'm you the got youngest. two older brothers. I got five older brothers. Oh my goodness, yeah, five right. older brothers. Yeah, so it's five older brothers. All. One's a lifetime older than me. He's 42. I'm 21. Uh, another one is, what is he, born in 82. So he's 36. Another one born in 84. So he's 34. Then 32. And then last is Jason, who is, oh, man, born in 90. So uh, 28. Oh, my God. Everybody's old. And then it's just me, 21. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, 28, 32, 36, and 42. So that's so, uh <laughs> Tell us about your father's reaction when you told him you made the All Pac-12 All Academic Team. It's oh, he was terrific reward. He was he was happy that um, he was happy that I played this year, so I can get the award and that in in that aspect because because uh, he always kind of wondered. He was saying that like why wasn't I get, like having like the recognition like the past few years, but then like I was just like Dad, it's just probably because I just don't play enough time and then this year I was able to see what the requirements are you had to play like half the games or something like that so he was happy that I was able to play this year and it, it led to this award so he he kind of he was just like excited that my academic excellence was able to kind of get recognized how did you um, <clears throat> get involved with the Cal basketball team how did that start so basically I kind of reached out to one of the coaches coach Harris and he kind of told me that there was nothing really guaranteed as far as a walk-on position because they they pretty much had their roster and like who they wanted on their team, and then um, he just told me to come for summer and when I get there to kind of meet with them and then we'll kind of go from there. Also, I remember I reached out to Cal. This is when Coach Montgomery was there. I remember reaching out. This was back in September, leading before I or the summer I was. I mean, the September I was in high school still, so my senior year of high school. I reached out asking them about walk-on opportunities. I told them that, um, based on my grades and everything like that, and I remember they responded maybe within a day or maybe that same day saying that I wasn't going to be able to walk on. 
So I, I think somewhere in my email, I still have that email. I remember I looked at it one time. So it was just kind of funny to look at. But Do you recall it, the reason given at that time? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember. I just I just know that they they said, like, I wasn't going to be able to walk on up there. And it might have been, like, they were just – they didn't need anyone or whatever the case was. But they – but I do remember I, I didn't – I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm not going to be able to walk on there. And then there's a coaching change from yes. Mon- Mike Montgomery to, to Coach, Coach Martin. Martin. So yep. you reach back out to the new staff. I reached back out to the new staff because that's when I had uh, – one of my coaches had the connection with Coach Harris to just – they put a good word in for me. And then me and him spoke on the phone several occasions before I actually got there. So when I get there, uh, Coach Harris sets up a meeting with me with Coach Martin. And he tells me that I wasn't going to be able to work out, but I, he said, feel free to come to workouts. And they're at, they were at 530 in the morning. The summer before your The summer before year. my freshman year of college, yes. So he invited me to come out there. And he just said I, couldn't, I wasn't going to be able to work out with the team because I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't have all the clearance and everything like that. And so I come, up, I come out there. I show up the first kind of few days. And then, um, and then it just kind of turned into a regular thing where I was coming at 5 in the morning every day. For eight of the nine weeks, the only week I missed uh, was when I had midterms, and I told Coach Martin I wasn't going to be there that week because I had a, I had about three or four midterms I had to get ready for, and he he didn't mind. But all the rest of the time, I came every morning at five in the morning, just trying to get, just trying to watch what they were doing, trying to, uh, just trying to show up. And you know, I just wanted to show them that I was determined and my dedication to make the team. Just so we're clear, it's the f- summer prior to your freshman year at Cal, mm-hmm. and Coach Martin and his staff told you you could come and essentially watch the team mm-hmm. practice yep. and they practiced Monday to Friday five in the morning yeah and you go and you go to eight of the nine weeks you're there every day at five o'clock in the morning simply to watch the team yeah. just watching all I did I remember I, it was like a little table and a chair and I always sat right there and I watched the workouts uh, I watched so I watched the on-court workouts and the weight room training as well Cause, because I only I think one time Coach Nick at the time did let me do um, a weight training session with him, but then they found out that I, I can't do it because I wasn't I didn't have my physical clearance yet, so um, so he said I only could watch that too. So I was there for about from maybe five in the morning to I'll say about eight in the morning. That was around when everything kind of was over for the most part. Just watching. Just watching. Yeah, just watching. And then I'll go to class and do whatever I have to do during the day and then do my work, get back to bed, and wake up again next morning, 5 and, in the morning. And there's no guarantee whatsoever at the end of this process yeah, that yeah. you'll have a spot on the team. So describe for us when you find out that you do have a spot on the team. So I would say probably midway, like around midway, they asked me to do a physical and like fill out some papers. So I'm just – in my head, I'm like – I'm like, maybe, I'm like, there's no way they're asking me to do a physical and they're not going to put me on the team or anything like that. But I'm like, all right. Because I remember I called my dad and told him, I was like, they have me doing a physical. I think things are looking good. He said, well, don't get your hopes up. You know, just just keep doing what you're doing and just kind of let it go. So I didn't get my hopes up too high because uh, I got physically cleared, I think, a week or two before the end of the program. And I didn't start working out. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe not. So then the last the last day after summer workouts are over, Coach Martin called me into his office. He asked me about the team, asked me about the guys, like how my relationships with everyone. And then he asked if the guys worked hard over the summer, like basically through what I saw. And then he said, and then I answered, I said, yes, I saw, I said pretty much everybody was working hard. And he asked me if I would work hard for him if he was, if he was my coach. 
And I said, yes, definitely. And then he reached over, shook my hand, and said, welcome to the team. What a moment. So from right there, I kind of just stopped smiling. I remember as soon as I left his office, I called my dad immediately. He was like, I made the team, I made the team. And I called basically everybody, just called my brothers, everybody, just letting them know I made the team. So it, it, was, it was really exciting because I, just, I finished my classes. I got my grades back for my summer. I had got an A and an A minus, and the two classes I was taking – and so I was like, okay, I'm starting off the right way. You got made the team. So everything's just looking up. So I was really excited. And, and then that basically just started started my four years at Cal right there. What was it like playing for Conzo Martin? It was a great experience. He's, he's a great coach. He's, he's very entertaining. He, off the court, he, he makes sure you know, he, he makes sure you know that you're part of his family. I think off the court, he, him and the rest of the staff, they all kind of have this family-oriented style. And I think that's what he carried over there to Mizzou as well. But he just wants you to know, like, it's something beyond basketball. Because he, one of his models just kind of preaching about how he want, he's turning us in, into men. So it's not just about basketball. It's not what you're doing on, on hardwood. It's just how you're prepared as a man to step into the um, the next journey in your life, whether it is professional basketball or uh more schooling or professional careers or whatever it is, he wanted us to be prepared. And he's felt that if he was able to do that, then he succeeded, regardless of how great you became as a basketball player. If you were able to be a CEO somewhere, he, that was even better in his mind. But on the court, he was he was just a hard-nosed guy. Like, he, he always had his hard hat on. Like, you knew he worked hard. He was, he would even show us highlights back in the day. So I remember one time, he always talked about, like, he never misses assignments because like, he'll always get on us. He's like, I don't miss assignments. I never miss assignments. So it was one time we all, we, some of us, like, found a film. Somebody hit a shot on him. And then we were like, no hands on the catch. Like, we, <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was funny. So we kind of we kind of ripped him. We were like, it was like, no hands on the catch, no stance, no talking. And then he said, <laughs> I forgot his reasoning. Yeah. His, his reason was just hilarious. Who and found then, that film? One of the film uh, guys? No, it was either, I think it was either Jabari or <laughs> Sam. One of them just... Went on YouTube and just looked up an old an old game and just because I think we were looking for some mistake he ever made right. that was caught, so we were looking for maybe like a whole week and we finally found one and then we sent it in our little group text and we showed him. We we're like, "Come on, coach, what's going on? You no know, hands on the catch, uh, no talk. It was what's going on?" And then miss box. It was another one. He had a miss box out. So, but it was it, it was fun. Great. And then I feel like he he made it to where it was fun. It was fun to play with him. Like even though he he he'll be on you like when it came to practice like he didn't play around like like I like I even showed you like I mean we told you the hands on the catch like everything he felt like the small things uh really matter and he said paying attention to details is something that we all need not just for a basketball court but just in life so he wanted to make sure that those like attention to detail things were always always uh sought out and his main thing was defense and that's one thing I love to do so I love yeah. playing with him. The practices that I attended of his, I always remember him drinking coffee and having mm-hmm. coffee. And I would say, the last thing you need is a cup of yeah, coffee. Exactly. The intensity's there. Everything's there. You don't need coffee on top of that. But, but then uh, I will tell you that he did switch to having some tea. Oh, I right. me- yeah, I remember a couple <clears throat> of times. He was like, oh, you don't have any coffee? He's like, nah, man. I had, I had to get some tea now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's, he's, just, he's just a character. He's a funny guy. Cares a lot about each individual. And everyone can tell. Whether he's yelling at you 
or not like you know he cares like you know it's where it's coming from you know he's not just trying to get at you because he doesn't like you or anything like that so that that was always the great part when i played nick i played for a guy named lou campanelli and he always had a phrase which was don't worry about when i am yelling at you because that shows i care Mm -hmm. worry about when i'm not yelling at you um so that's kind of the same concepts that conzo martin has yes i I would say definitely because i feel like if if he's yelling at you he definitely cares because he wants you to be successful even Jabari, when he was a sophomore, you, that was that was basically I wouldn't say I wouldn't want to use it like this, but I would say that was his main target was Jabari. He'll get on Jabari every day, and then you see by his senior year, he's a big time player. Now he's in the NBA doing a two way contract with the Celtics. So I feel like Coach Marty had a big impact in that because starting his sophomore year, he got on him about everything, every little thing. Jabari might have thought he was picking on him at the time, but now he's he he's reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. So after your freshman year, I guess, is when Y. King Jones yeah, became he, part of the mm-hmm, program. Yeah. So maybe talk about the development of your relationship with him so, first as an assistant coach. Okay, so me and Coach Y, we got pretty close. Once Once I found out that he was from Inglewood, I'm from Inglewood as well. So that, that kind of instantly connected us because we had a lot to talk about. We, uh, Rogers Park, that's in, uh, out here in Inglewood. A lot of things in L.A. So we kind of that's where it kind of started. And then... Um, him being with uh, a national championship team, I always wanted to kind of pick his brain a little bit. So I would always see myself going into his office a lot, talking to him, on the court, being close to him. And then I remember when we did scouts, I always had to remind him what plays. So I, it was always funny because I always had to uh, remind him because he didn't run like we didn't go over a certain play. I'm like, coach, no, you want to you want to go over this, and then he'll say. He's like, yeah, 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 we'll go over that too. So I was always like big on um, just working with him over the scouts, a lot of his scouts and everything like that. And then the, the relationship just kind of built up from there. Uh, I found myself going to over to his house, uh, uh, getting to know his family more. And then as this year developed when he became the head coach, um, very close to him and his wife. Uh, they're basically a second family to me up there. And so that that's just been great to just, just – I feel like, and even my dad, he feels comfortable, like, just knowing that I had, like, someone that's treating me like a family up there. So when Coach Martin leaves, and it was Mm -hmm. somewhat of a sudden departure, I guess you could Mm -hmm. say they all are, Mm -hmm. Um, and then did you guys hope that Y. King would be the next coach? So we didn't really – What it was a sense of For us, we kind of didn't really, like, we were kind of – so Coach Martin kind of let us know about, like, what was going on, and then they – he let him – Coach Webster, Coach Marco, and Coach Nick left the left the room, and then we still had like our athletic director and everybody. So we were kind of confused because we thought the meeting was over, and then they said, you know, everybody kind of stick around a little bit. So then they they let us know that Coach Martin is leaving, and then they tell us that Coach Y is going to be the interim head coach. So immediately, I was excited. Excuse me, and I could see all the guys around us. We all like turned because he was behind it because Kim and o- and Coach O'Toole were the only two that were still in there. So we turned around. We're like, oh snap! Okay, like he's gonna be the uh, head coach. That's like that was super exciting. And then when then we then after the meeting, so everyone was happy. Everybody talked to Coach Y, like congratulated him. And then we we were kind of like in that weird stage where it was uh, we didn't know if he was gonna still stay the head coach or it was gonna be a new coach. So. We go home for spring break around the same time this year. Um, and then I remember I get a phone call from him saying, like, because I, I remember I told him before he even got the head coaching job, I said, Coach, 
I don't know, like, I have a chance to graduate early. I might graduate early and just, you know, try to see what else is out there. I don't know if I want to play my last year. He gets a head coaching job. He calls me within maybe maybe within five minutes since I got the notification that he got the job. Calls me and says, said, hey, Nick, man, I want you to play for me. I need you to play this last year. I just need your your senior leadership. So I need you around the program. It's going to be a big year for us. To what we're gonna have a lot of freshmen. We're gonna need some extra bodies. And he was like, he was like, you're gonna play. He said, you might play one minute. You might play 30 minutes. I don't know. I can't guarantee that. That's gonna be on you. But I know you're gonna play, and I know you're gonna have a big impact for this team. So, after thinking that I was gonna just you know graduate early in the because uh, I was gonna graduate in the past fall, um, and then try to you know do internships or whatever the case was, and so I decided to stay. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. Come back go through summer workouts, everything. Then the year starts, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get excited that I stay, you know, just have a big opportunity. And then I remember, uh, what was it? After after the, the St. Mary's game when I had uh, 16 points in the, on that game, I remember he texted me. He said, I bet you're glad you, uh, you stayed around this year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. So we, we laughed about that. I was like, yeah. Uh, and then I was, I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess it was a good thing I stayed. Yeah, the, tell us about that. I was going to ask you about that. That St. Mm-hmm. Mary's game. So you go seven for seven from the floor, uh, including two threes, two for two from three, mm-hmm. uh, sixteen points, absolute yeah. career high. Talk to us about what that game was like for you. For that game, I just knew it was, a, I knew it was a big game. I knew we're playing St. Mary's as a rival. They're always pretty much top twenty-five team around the top twenty-five for the most part, NCAA tournament team. So I just kind of I kind of came in with the the mindset like I never you know that was never my mindset to score I was, I was always a team first guy, so I just knew that I want I knew I had to do my part because everyone's gonna have to do their part if we're gonna beat that team. So coming in, I just I, I don't know I felt good that day I felt like I was ready to play I was ready to go, and then I got a couple early layups and kind of easy shots and then I know Don hit me one time. And I made the corner three. And then once I made that corner three, I was kind of really feeling it. I was like, okay, like I'm good. Then I kept getting easy uh, passes from Marcus because they kept doubling him. And I kept getting little easy little dump-off layups. And then so that game, it just felt great. Like going through it, now I had, a, I think, my career-high minutes as well. I think I played 31 minutes that game or something like that. So it was just a great feeling to be out there for that long and actually have an impact. You know, of course I wish we could have won. But and then like a lot, um, cause I know Don didn't have the best shooting night. Darius didn't have the best shooting night. So it was I felt good to help. Like I just knew that I was helping. Even like I was just hoping like okay, you guys are gonna pick it up sometime this game. So I was just feeling good that I was able to help and just hope that you know everyone else would just pick it up and you know it'll lead to a victory. Now, I don't mean to sound like your dad, but what happened on the two free throws? Oh yeah. Oh man. I don't know what happened. They they both <laughs> felt good. They both like the first one. I felt like when I shot it, I was like, okay, I missed that one. I got the second one. But I was tired. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was definitely tired. I was definitely gassed. And then so the second one, I'm like, okay, take a couple more breaths. All right, good. I'm going to make this one. And then back rimming. I said, oh, my God, I missed both free throws. <laughs> so, I just think it would have been a pretty, it was, it was, it was an amazing it be, night yeah, for you and an exactly. amazing line. So. Yeah, so. Um, so you were a captain on this team. Uh, how were you appointed the captain? How did that come about? Is that a team vote or a coach vote? It's kind of, for like the last few years, it's kind of, um, it's kind of, I would say, just team kind of recognizes, and the coaches as well. Who who steps up? Who who leads the team? Who goes first in drills? It's some. It's kind of like that. So, for me, 
it was just my leadership throughout the whole process from the summer all the way to the season. And then I knew when it was time for us to do captains, like when we go and we do the captains meeting with everybody, I knew it was going to be me and Marcus for the most part. And everyone else knew it too. There was going to be, there was no doubts about that. And then the coaches kind of, you kind of sense who they, they lead to. Like, so coaches will come to me and Marcus and say, like, you guys in charge of this team. They didn't necessarily say you're the captain until more later, later down, the, uh, down the season when we're actually in season and everyone knows who the captains are. But kind of leading up, like, you guys are the leaders of this team. You, you two have to guide them, whatever it is. So it's kind of just an unwritten uh, or not really, like, there's no, like, form uh, f- formula for who becomes captain. It's just kind of you kind of put yourself in a position to lead the team, be vocal, always be around, talk to the coaches, understand what the coaches want, translate it to the players, just stuff like that. And then that's kind of how you end up being in that role. And then once you get in that role, you continue what you're doing. So being on an 8-24 and 24 team is, is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, what sorts of guidance or leadership do you feel you provided throughout the season to um, keep the guys together and, and show character and resilience and those sorts of things? I just feel like I just – because I always worked hard my whole life, I felt like that was one thing I was able to get guys to keep doing for the most part. I feel like I was able to kind of keep um, persevering guys to just keep working hard. Like, hey, we didn't get this one. We didn't get the last one. We're going to – the next one's ours. Like that was it. That was pretty much our motto. Everyone, every time we had to look forward, we had to move forward. Because if you just stay looking in the past, you're gonna be stuck there. So that was my my approach every practice. Like, cause I remember I was telling the coaches, I'm like, I'm like, I, I give my all. I'm, I'm all I want is to, all I want to do is make sure everyone else is giving their all. I'm I'm gonna encourage them to do whatever I have to do to get everyone to give their all. And so, and like the season wasn't didn't go the way we wanted, but I feel like. It was just important because now it's like I always wanted to know what a, like a losing team, like how that felt. I always wanted to know. I never wanted to experience it. I wanted to know what it. I wanted to ask someone and say, hey, well, how does that feel? I never wanted to, anyone to be like, oh, you're going to experience it your senior year. But experience it was a lot different Like, because I always wondered, like, how do you still kind of practice? How do you still try? How do you still care? How do you still play when you're losing by 15 and you know you're not going to win? Like how, like, how do you do it? But it's just like it takes a lot of, like, effort. It takes a lot of heart, too. And if you if you love the game, you're never gonna quit. And if you just want to be successful, you're gonna keep fighting hard. I thought one of the most impressive things <clears throat> that I observed was the last weekend of the season and Thursday night um, at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Things kind of unraveled in the second half, mm-hmm. and then you guys came back and I think played your best game of the season um, at Arizona. Mm-hmm. What kind of things happened between those two games um, to get you guys in a place where you played, quite frankly, that well? For us, it was just kind of, just kind of all year. Like we, we felt like we got embarrassed. Like we felt like we were getting clowned on and everything like that. At Arizona State, and we said, if we come back, if we come out there with the same energy that we had in that game, and we're gonna, we're gonna get blown out by fifty against Arizona. And then, so we kind of all took the approach like, we could beat these guys because, and then because we like we always saw like we saw the opportunities like we watched film on everything like the different opportunities we have. And then we just said, like, we were in it with them in the first game. But we have this breakdown, this breakdown. It goes from us up to now we're down 15. So that's how, that's kind of how it was. And then throughout the game, we were right there. Um, when they were missing shots, when it was tie game, we were missing shots. So we couldn't really take the lead. And then when we did take the lead, they'll come down, hit a shot. And then at the very, very end, probably like two, three minutes left, that's when they kind of, 
we just couldn't make a shot anymore. Uh, Juwan got fouled out, and then they kind of just broke away. But I feel like the guys were all in, you know. And then it was, it didn't feel good to lose, but it, it felt good knowing that everyone put their all into it. And I feel like that's what we got. In yeah, that game. It, it seemed like a high character game for you guys to to play that well and that hard. So it was fun to watch. Um, switching gears, we're here in Los Angeles. Uh, you're home for spring break. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about your future plans. Uh, I know you're going to graduate school. Yes. Maybe talk about graduate school and and um, and where the, you want to head with that. So I'm going to grad school at USC in post secondary administration and student affairs with a sub specialization in athletic administration. So with that, I plan on doing a graduate assistant coaching thing with USC, the basketball team, and that's the first order of business while I'm out here. And then I'm also looking to do possible internships, whether it's uh, coaching internships. Oh, I just spoke with uh, someone from the Clippers about possibly working over there or also working with something in sports management. And down the line, I know I know sports is just something that's always been like a big part of my life. And so whether it's coaching sports management or sports law, I haven't really figured it out yet, but I know those are kind of like the three paths I'm kind of leaning towards. But I know at the end of the day, like even if I was to go into coaching, I know I want I'm going to want to end up on the business side of thing more on the manager managerial side of everything because I don't want to be a coach my whole life if I do go into coaching. But so that's kind of the uh, road I'm heading towards, something like that. And then over these next two years while I'm in grad school, I, I know for a fact I'm going to really kind of eye in what I really want to do with my life because of the internships I'm going to be doing, the grad assistant coaching, the people I'm going to be talking to, the, the networks I make. So I'm really looking forward to these next two years and then what the future has for me. So I understand that uh, you have some interviews tomorrow. Maybe tell us about, about oh, that yeah, a so little I, bit. So that, tomorrow I'm just going to go meet with uh, Coach Einfield and uh, Coach Hart, Jason Hart. He's, Jason Hart, well, he was a uh, coach at Taft when I was over there at Westchester both in LA and he coached with Elijah who's over there who's like one of my best friends over there at SC right now and then me and him have been close I mean pretty uh me and coach Hart have been pretty cool since high school so every time I see him so he he kind of said that he was going to make sure he worked something out as far as me being able to be a grad assistant coach over there because me he knows my relationship he knows my academic record he knows how hard I work and everything like that, so he knows I'll be a good person to have. Well, Nick, you're such a fan favorite. Uh, even Cal fans won't hold it against you that you <laughs> might be on the SC sidelines yeah. next year. We appreciate it respect it. So you'll be uh, walking for graduation in uh, a month yeah. and a half, two months, right? Yep. You have the whole family there? Yeah, a lot of people are trying to come. That'll be a pretty proud moment, huh? Yeah, Your dad must be pretty excited. Yeah, my dad's excited. He's going to be driving up, and then I told him, because he would fly up, but I told him I need him to drive up so he could bring some of my stuff back home. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, Nick, uh, it's been great watching you this season and getting to know you a little bit. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, and the future no is super bright for you. So uh, we look Thank forward you. to following you. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem.